1: <laughs> and welcome to the Between the Covers podcast, the Shoreline Publishing podcast. And in this episode, we have Brett Fevers, who's got a book called Anachronism. Brett, welcome.
0: <laughs>
1: Hi. <laughs> Good to have you, mate. And uh, we'll make this as painless as possible for you. But the first question I've got to ask you is, what was your inspiration for anachronism?
0: Well, anachronism is a historical term for something that doesn't fit in a timeline. Uh-huh. So it's just... I guess it brings in the idea of time, but um, maybe raises questions about what's not right. <coughs> so, I mean, that's where the word comes from. That's where the title comes from. Yep. I think originally, probably uh, 35 years ago, um, I had this idea for a story called Time Dreams, where people went between these trees and travelled in time, but um, I lost that. <coughs> yep. That was written on paper with a pen sort of thing
1: back in the day. And just came back to it. That's good. Time's an interesting thing. We're now further removed from Collingwood's 1990 premiership than we are from Collingwood and the moon landing happening. Time's an amazing little concept, isn't it? Yes, especially when, um, yeah, I think
0: Collingwood were really brutal in that uh, grand final. And frankly, there should have been a few reports and then the result might have been different, but that's okay.
1: You sound like an Essendon supporter. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, Brett, I'd like to ask you what was high school like for you? Because this book is set in the high school with done um, with the two main yep. characters. What was high school like for you? Um. Well, I guess I
0: found it interesting. I wasn't the best student. Um. I think one teacher reckons after the Year Eight camp, he was never the same. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, I dabbled. I, I tried. Um. Yeah, it was. I guess just one of those things you did because you have to, and
1: then it was over. <clears throat> so these times still have a mate from high school. So that's always a good to have that connection, isn't it? Um, yeah. These time traveling crystals found by Jamie and Sharon, and the main characters in the book, would they have helped you at high school? Possibly. Gosh, anything. Yeah. Just um, have
0: to watch out for that. Uh, the, the negative aspect where you could suddenly get older and when you're young you don't want to get older too quick because yep
1: yeah it doesn't work if your brain isn't quite dead just like <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um in the book the uh, new main characters jamie and sharon come across this uh old man dying and that's where they get these time traveling crystals from i'm just wondering what this old man was like well i'm, I'm picturing personally a hobo type person is, is he that or is he a wealthy man what's the old man like um,
0: to be honest, he was a soldier fighting in World War One. I. I mean, he was basically, he would have been probably only just 18, you know, just a raw, barely adult-type person who, you know, was stuck in this, you know, horrible situation in trench warfare between two powers and, you know, imperial society that sort of doesn't really exist anymore. And... I guess his dying wish was to come home, which he did, but the problem was he came home to a different time. So uh, he didn't quite get it right, but he sort of got there and I guess that was it. But um, it was more just a means of um, the kids getting onto these crystals and finding out, you know, and then they
1: start finding out what they do. If you had these crystals in your hand, for me um – 1930, watching Bradman score 309 in a day would be where I would go. Where would you go? Uh,
0: well, there's lots of different ideas. Um, I have to say, uh, I, I thinking of a sequel. I've already thought of a couple of places which are interesting just from a historical standpoint. Oh. But, I mean, I think um, I guess writing about the future was, was fun, just trying to think of what would happen because I know You know, back in the 80s, oh, you know, by the year 2000, we're going to be flying in cars and everything's got to be different. And it's like, well, that didn't really change much apart from you had mobile phones. That was it. That was pretty much all that changed. So it was a bit disappointing. So, you know, it's like working with that, but it's like, what else could there be? So, yeah, just ideas, I mean um having studied geography and all that kind of thing you, you get an idea of well, what what are the main issues we have so let's try and investigate that and you know then you've got the idea of ley lines coming in so there's a bit of geography and stuff in that so it's an interesting idea um yeah personally I guess i don't have one place although it would have been lovely to go back and find out what the um you know what was actually in the pyramids Mm. I've seen one of the empty tombs, or oh, sorry, yeah, I've seen some of the empty tombs and some of the stuff from Tutankhamen's tomb, but uh, nothing actually was inside. When I went inside a pyramid, there was nothing in there. It was just completely bare.
1: Yeah, right, so the the story of um, yeah, mummified pharaohs, and mummified cats and spices and all this sort of stuff in there, it would be nice to actually see if it was true or not. Well, yeah, just to see,
0: yeah, the kind of stuff that they had in there. I mean, obviously somebody made a... A big lot of money out of ripping
1: them off. So <laughs> the um, how did you find the research of the historical events you write about in the book? So you mentioned in the uh, in one part that they go back to the first fleet and see the first fleet come, for example. Did yep. you have to research too hard on what the first fleet looked like when it turned up, or how did you go with that? Um, there's there's a there's a fair bit of documentary evidence so of um,
0: you know what happened in the first fleet, but it was more. The idea that um, when the First Fleet first arrived, they went to Botany Bay, which, you know, Captain Cook had said, oh, this is the place, Uh but they actually found that it was rubbish. You know, there was no fresh water. It was swampy and just wasn't um, suitable for habitation. So they ended up leaving that, ducking up, you know, to uh, Sydney Harbour and then finding the right place. So, you know, I guess the idea was... It was one of these things where somebody tells you something and you go there and it's not quite what you expected.
1: A bit so of a then rabbit hole. And
0: find that's better. So I, I found that was an interesting idea. And also the fact that, you know, it's only a couple of weeks after the English got here that the French got here. Because mm. if the English didn't claim it, the French would have.
1: Yeah. Imagine Australia if the French had have claimed it first.
0: Well, that's it. I remember having discussions with this with a friend in high school who love the idea of French-sounding things, but then the French don't have a good uh, reputation in the South Pacific anyway, if you remember no. the Rainbow Warrior. No, like that. not at all. Not at all. Yeah, mad to them.
1: I mean, you shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> but uh, it, it is interesting to see. It's, uh, it's almost a sliding doors moment in Australian history, isn't it? Yes. Yeah,
0: and very, very. And even, um, you know, do an Australian history where when they first came, there wasn't argy-bargy between the First Peoples and the white people who came. It was more like if the Aboriginals hadn't actually helped the white people, then they would have starved. Yep. But they taught them how to fish. They taught them what foods they could eat. They taught them, you know, about the land. And they had farming practices, which, of course, we don't didn't talk about back then because it was terra nullius. Yep. But farming practices that, you know, actually people should have got back into years ago because they worked. Like I remember reading one quote where um, they, their um, fire farming, where they would set a fire and to go through an area just to keep the brush down. Mm. Um, when they first settled Sydney, they could um, drive a wagon between the trees Like just anywhere around, they could drive a wagon anywhere because they didn't have the underbrush. But within 10 years, they couldn't. It was almost impenetrable because the scrubs grew back so quickly. And it's like with all the bushfires and everything, that's an interesting idea. So I guess, Hmm. yeah, there's a bit of environmentalist
1: as well. So there's a lot of of stuff going on in your brain. It's fantastic. I I reckon it's great. And and it leads me to the next question. Like you're obviously very well-researched on this sort of stuff. Um, What... um. What are you reading at the moment? What what do you read to keep yourself in, entertained and, and researched?
0: <laughs> well, at the moment I'm reading um, the The Witcher books. Yep. So, like, read two of those. I'm going through all seven of them. You know, I find it's interesting that they're translated from Polish, but uh, love the series on
1: you know TV. So, yeah. so does <laughs> my the, wife. I don't know why. Getting into that. Um, so you're saying, um, you know, reading isn't that bad. is something you commented about for younger people. So reading isn't that bad, is it? It's, it's something that can really expand the mind and help you become a, a better person, I think. Absolutely.
0: And reading is really important. Even if it's not physically reading, just listening to audio books and things like that, you increase your vocabulary, You you increase your imagination because your brain is trained to put pictures to words and that actually helps you understand literacy and literature better. So, you know, it's, it's, I guess, something that's being lost at the moment and I guess that's being a high school teacher, that's sort of the age group I've been aiming at, yep. the sort of people who might otherwise get lost, but to maybe give them something interesting to read that's not too difficult you know, not uh, not too long. Like, it's not, it's not like uh, some of your books like um, The Wheel of Time, which is a great series, but each book is like two inches thick and yep. there's 14 of them. I can remember myself thinking there's no way I'll read those books because they're too long
1: and too big. But I got them <laughs> on audiobook.
0: Happy, actually, days.
1: Like, Happy days. Happy days. <laughs> is... um. Is the important part of getting people reading having them choose their own adventure in terms of what they would like to read? I mean, if you, if you get sat down and I said to you, uh, Brett, you're going to read uh, the seven Harry Potter books, if you even if you like them or not, you're yep. not going to respond, are you? But if you say, Brett, pick your own book and read it, you're going to go better, mm-hmm. aren't you? That's exactly right. So it's giving people the choice. And I guess
0: just something different, you know, as I say, I've, like I was – the age I'm aiming at, I guess, when I start when I got sort of some of the ideas for this, and yep. they've been floating around in my head for 30 years. And then I decided, oh, well, may as well give them a go because I was building a house in Cockatoo. And during a long, cold winter where I was stuck in a caravan because it was too cold outside, I thought, well, I'll, I'll give I'll put pen to
1: paper, or fingers to the typewriter. Yep, yep. The what you touched very, very briefly a second ago, really briefly. On a a sequel. Are you working on one or is it in in the wings or?
0: Yeah, I've got ideas. I've started.
1: So, yeah, I guess I just enjoy the
0: process, especially like I I remember when I was working at a metal factory, like being a teacher, um, I was bored. My brain was dying. So I would write just for fun, you know, just write essays or what if stories or, you know, things like that just to, Keep my mind active, so I guess it's just something that I've continued because, yeah, it, it, you know, you get a bit of time, you think, well, I'll just write. Yep, and, absolutely. Yeah, it's starting, of it's fun, it's interesting, and sometimes it's like you get a good run on
1: it. It's like, well, I'm enjoying the story. I don't want to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying writing. I'm hoping you uh, enjoy the success of um, anachronism. Uh, yep. fingers crossed it goes really, really real for you it's available on shorelinepublishing.com.au um, search brett that's a nice easy way to do it and brett thank you so much for your time today and, and fingers crossed it all goes well mate no problems that's thanks yeah
0: we hope you enjoyed this episode of between the covers produced by shoreline publishing